Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Svedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hi, everybody. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to this edition of Marnie's Friends. We're going to be talking about marketing. And our guest today, Dr. Manette Royerden, is going to share five steps to marketing magic. During the next hour, you are going to discover the one shift you must make now in order to gain some serious marketing traction, the surprising marketing piece that you may have underestimated and how to master its use, why you must toot your own horn, and how to do it the right way, how to collect, use, and grow your business with marketing data, and the power of a simple marketing plan, and how to start yours today. Our guest today, Dr. Manette Royerden, is the best-selling author of The Artful Marketer, The Fundamental Business Guide for Creative Entrepreneurs. She is also the founder of The Artful Marketer's Six-Figure Breakthrough Club, and she's offering to you today a free report called Seven Secrets to Six-Figure Success from her website, MinetteRyerton.com, and that's M-I-N-E-T-T-E-R-I-O-R-D-A-N.com. Welcome to you, Minette. Welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you, and I've been looking forward to this program and picking your brain because you are, you know, I mean, you are the artful marketer. You're the six-figure breakthrough girl. You are the one that's helping people to really identify what to do differently with their marketing that can make a difference. And all of us are asking the same question because time keeps changing and things that used to work maybe aren't working or work differently now than they used to do. So maybe just to start out, what is like one of the major shifts that you've seen maybe away from something towards something else in the past several years? Mm, Great question. So, I owned a publishing company for 11 years and so was fully immersed in print marketing for a long time. And I would say one big shift that I've seen is a move away from print to more digital marketing. This has impacted a lot of graphic designers in particular and other people who used to work in print media. If you've noticed your favorite magazines lately, even Oprah magazine, they're tiny. They're not thick and full like they used to be. So that's one shift that I see. Yeah, huge. And, and of course, a lot of it is the cost effectiveness of doing it digitally. I mean, the cost is so different. Um, it is. I'm still a big fan of print. Yeah, I'm still a big fan of print, and I think print works if you advertise in the right place to the right market. But it's hard to beat the cost of digital marketing, although there's a myth that marketing online is free, and I do believe that to market online well, you also have to be willing to invest in your business. Yeah, right. Well, what is a shift that you believe that we need to make in order to get serious about the marketing traction? You know, I think the biggest shift that I help my clients make is around their mindset that if you're in business, you are a marketer. 
your primary job is sales and marketing. We all want to believe that our primary job is whatever our service is or our gift or talent. But the truth is, if we don't see ourselves as marketers, we don't have a business. This was a mistake that I made early on was not, you know, really appreciating how important it was to understand how to create visibility, how to boost our credibility in the marketplace and the powerful role that marketing would play. And once I got it, I obviously fell in love with marketing and eat it up. I'm a total marketing geek, Marnie. But in the beginning, that mindset of I'm a marketer is really, really hard for people to grasp. Hmm. And is there a difference between, like, sales and marketing? Yes, great question. So in my perspective, marketing is everything that we do to lead people towards doing business with us. Lead generation is the formal term, but all of your social media, your speaking, your radio shows like this one, hanging out at Starbucks, connecting with people, going to meetups, everything you do to connect <coughs> excuse me, individually with people or with people in large groups and community is marketing. Sales is simply getting them to sign on the dotted line. And if you do a great job at building relationships, at connecting with people from a place of service, then the sales piece is easy. They already know they want to do business with you. So marketing doesn't have to be painful. It doesn't have to be pushy. It can be attractive when you focus on that relationship piece of it. And then it becomes fun. And when it's fun, the sales piece also feels fun and not so scary. Hmm. So what's the most difficult part of the mindset shifting into the marketer and sales mindset? What, where do people get hung up? You know, I think they get hung up in thinking that, oh, I'm going to be pushy or people aren't going to like me or people don't want to hear what I have to say. I don't want to sound like a used car salesman. I hear that one a lot, that people don't want to be perceived as salesy and pushy. And I'll share a story. I was at a workshop, a one-day conference down in Los Angeles last week, an amazing event, and we were doing some masterminding at the table. And there was a woman at our table who is relatively new in business. She'd had a career in school counseling for a long, long time and branched out on her own. And every 30 seconds, no joke, Marnie, she was pushing her flyer at us. Did I give you one of these? Did I give you one of these? Did I tell you what I'm doing? And as part of a mastermind process, the goal is to share and brainstorm ideas on how to help each other. And her idea was always, well, come to my event. And so the whole focus was on her. And so it was a great illustration mm-hmm. of how not to be in not community with people, <laughs> you know, to be constantly pushing yourself, you know, but to stand back and be open and to listen for what people are experiencing challenges with and listening and saying, hmm, is that a problem that I can solve for them? Or who do I know that can solve that problem for them? Some of my favorite parts of networking are just connecting people together that need each other's services. It's not all about me. And I think when we, again, approach marketing from a place of how can I help you, it feels so different and it doesn't feel pushy. And it's We've all been to those networking groups where the person is just going around the room handing their card to everybody and not making any effort to connect. That doesn't feel good. But imagine that every marketing opportunity is like a chance to sit down and have a cup of tea with a girlfriend 
and have a conversation about what's going on in your lives and your businesses and how you can help each other. It totally changes our whole mindset when we realize that can be fun, creative, and all about just connecting with people in really powerful ways. I want to just pause for a moment here because sometimes a listener can be saying, that's all well and fine, but I don't have time. If I'm going to a networking event, I want to at least walk out of there with some good leads. I, you know, if I just sit and chit-chat with somebody, I'm going to walk out maybe with a new best friend, but, when, you know, how does this help my business and why did I go? You know, so where, do, where is the, like, where is the balance there of, of actually moving your business forward while still having the relationship aspect going mm. on. Oh, I love that. So I think we need to reframe how we look at networking opportunities. If you're going to a traditional networking event, I definitely love the idea of setting a goal, especially for people that are a little shy, uh, introverted, you know, that aren't super comfortable walking in. Make it a goal to meet one, two, or three new people. You don't have to meet everybody in the room, first off. And second of all, from my perspective, the goal of networking is to create a whole army of referral sources. Yes, it's great to get direct leads for our own business, but how much more powerful is it to educate people about what we do so that they can send people our way, themselves or others? So again, if we approach networking conversations from the perspective of listening first to what's a challenge you're experiencing in your business? Hmm, is that a challenge I can solve? Awesome. I would love to tell you more about what I do. Or, hmm, that's not something I can help with, but, you know, have you talked to Susie on the other side of the room? I know her very well, and she solves that problem. So, again, it's approaching with that aspect of listening first, service first. Is this a problem that I can solve? And if not, point them in a direction where they can get help and move on. So while networking should be about building relationships, I totally agree. You don't want to get caught up in conversations and only talk to one person. And there's so Mm. many different kinds of networking out there today. There's some that are very structured where you're standing up and sharing an elevator pitch or 30-second commercial or whatever your particular group calls it. And then there's happy hours and mixers. And find a group that you're comfortable with. Sometimes the structured events are much more impactful and effective. And the other thing, Marnie, is not to have huge expectations that going to one event one time is going to make or break your business. Again, it takes time to build relationships, and I believe in repetition, going back, getting to know people. You have to, and we all certainly love to do business with people that we know, like, and trust. So imagine everyone else wants that too, and one five-minute conversation may not um, be enough to for somebody to say, yes, I want to take the next step with you. So be patient as well and just understand that this is going to take a little time. But at the end of the day, when you invest that time in building those relationships, you'll have awesome clients who stay for a really long time and become incredible referral sources for your business. Hmm. I love the mental positioning shift of moving into the position of um, creating an army of referral sources. And why I love that particular perspective and goal going into it is because instead of going and trying to sell, you don't have to sell anything. All you're trying to do is just be, build an awareness that you're there. 
and if you really do have if you really do have a service that's meeting a need in the market that's filling a void, a vacancy in the market, or that you're doing it a different way, or you're doing it better, or you're doing it faster, or whatever. Uh, if you have something like that, and you just make it make it known to people, that's what marketing is really about: is getting the information out there so that people have yeah. the awareness that this is a, is available to me, something that maybe I didn't even know. That feels a lot safer to a lot of people than trying to go in and sell the service, <laughs> just to go in and and make it make it aware. Yeah, and when you go in trying to just sell from the very first conversation, it turns people off. It actually repulses people, and they mm-hmm. will walk away from you, and it's hard to recuperate that connection at a later date. So think service first, think connection first, think credibility first, you know, and then again, like you said, it makes it feel safe. It takes all the pressure off of you to not have that expectation of I'm going to walk in and make three sales tonight. The truth is you're going to walk in and meet three people who might be awesome clients, but it's going to... Great advice. Well, this is Marty Swedberg. We're visiting today with Dr. Manette Riordan of MinetteRiordan.com, and we're going to take a little break and come back and talk about the surprising marketing piece that you may have underestimated and how to master its use. We'll be right back. Christian Women's Events. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian women's events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or Freedom Members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Do you have a book in you? Do you know what to do? Check out the author training program at womenspeakers.com. You'll meet editors, publishers, agents, and publicists whose instruction will take you from thinking to action and from manuscripts to book ASAP. The training also includes the eversion of the how-to guide, Idea to Amazon, in 14 days. Don't wait any longer. Get that book out of your head and into the hands of the readers who need it now. Learn how in the author training section at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg. We're doing some marketing training today with our guest, Dr. Manette Royden, and the training is Five Steps to Marketing Magic. We've just been talking about the shift that you must make in order to gain some serious marketing traction, and now we're going to talk about the surprising marketing piece that you may have underestimated and how to master its use. Nanette, when we think about marketing pieces, of course, right away comes to mind, you know, a brochure, a business card, um, you know, possibly possibly some other pieces. So I'm curious to know which piece you think is so important. You know, I think before you start creating any marketing materials, even your business card, there's one thing that you have to have crystal clear first, and that's who your perfect client is. 
And it's the piece that people so often resist, especially when they're new in business. It's the piece that confounds people sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I find that they are so terrified to focus in on one particular target market, niche is another word for it, or ideal client, that they try to market to everybody. And when you try to market to everybody, nobody gets it. And you end up wondering why you aren't attracting any clients, or even worse, why you're attracting the wrong client. And so I think it's so crucial to be crystal clear about who your perfect client is first, because from that place, everything else becomes easy. Even the networking we were talking about before the break becomes easy. It becomes um, easier to know where to go network, who to network with, and who to look for in the room so that you're not wasting time trying to meet everybody, but you're looking for the right connection. So I would say the most important piece is who is the perfect client for your business. Mm. And a word that we've been getting familiar with is avatar where you actually yes. make a real picture of this person you you yes uh, you know you know how old she is you know what color her hair is what color her eyes are uh where she goes for coffee if she goes for coffee how many times she goes for coffee <laughs> i mean you really have really a pretty clear picture of who she is and and how she how she rolls and what this what this does is it does like you say you know you walk into that networking meeting and it rules out quite a few people immediately because it does you know that yeah I mean it it just helps so much to focus you have something that you teach people how to do is is write a love letter what's that about I do once you know who that perfect client is. One of the reasons it makes marketing easy is because every marketing piece that you create that's a tangible piece, whether it's a blog post or a brochure or your business card, becomes a love letter to your client. Imagine if you were writing the copy for the homepage of your website, and it was as if you were writing a letter to this perfect person and telling them all the ways that you admire them, all the ways that you get them and understand the problems and challenges they're experiencing and how committed you are to helping them overcome those challenges. It makes marketing so simple when you connect at that level of the love letter. So it's what I often tell my clients. Imagine you were sitting down having this beautiful conversation and really connecting deeply with someone. What would you want to say to them? How would you offer to support them? It changes everything. Even my dishwasher, you could write a love letter to me about why I should fall in love with my dishwasher. In our case, it was whisper quiet. I love the stainless steel look. I love the sanitizing, and I love that I don't have to use the heat dry and waste electricity. You know, they're speaking my language about what matters to me. I want it to be water-saving. I live in a place where the drought is awful right now in California. So, you know, it's all those things that are directly speaking to who I am as the perfect buyer of that particular, I think it was a Frigidaire maybe, I don't even remember, a Whirlpool. But, you know, they knew exactly what to tell me that made me go, oh, that's the one, that's the one for me. The same thing with whether you're looking for a coach or a graphic designer, a personal trainer, Whatever it is that you're looking for, don't you look for those people, Marnie, who just seem to really get you from the get-go? Like you go to their website and you're like, oh, yes, that's me. You know, what's interesting is that 
so much of that happens at the subconscious level. I just got an email Absolutely. probably half an hour ago, and it said, at the end, she goes, I like how you roll. <laughs> so, you know, there's, yeah. just this, there's just this subconscious comfort level where you just go, yeah, this person is, well, kind of like me or understands me, like you said, and and it's just a connection there. And that's, of course, when you're using the love letter analogy, that that's, of course, what happens when we fall in love with someone is that we feel understood, we feel yeah. valued, we feel yeah. like we're at home, you know, we, we fit here. And that and that's actually being at home. I, that's, a, that's a phrase that a lot of women use um, when they find money.com is they're like, I, I feel so at home here. This is where I belong. And that's yeah. how somebody should feel with your business or your service is that this is where um, they can relax and let their hair down and be themselves and really get done what they need to do. I was teaching a a workshop yesterday, and there was this um, lovely young woman who's an esthetician in the group, and she had worked with this coach who told her to change what she was doing with her clients, and it took all the fun out of the whole experience. One of the things that she did that she loved was she would have tea with her clients before giving them the facial. It was this beautiful moment of connection. It didn't last forever. She got to know what was going on with them, what kind of experiences they want, what were their hopes for the results from the facial. She is passionate about tea, and she was using the tea for this intimate connection with her clients. And here's this room full of 12 women who are all leaning in thinking, oh, my gosh, I want to come have tea with you before my facial. What an right, amazing right. experience, right? And so it's those, I love what you said. It did. It made it feel like, oh, she's safe. She's going to take great care of me. This is going to be a really special experience. This isn't going to be, you know, 50 women in a room and, you know, you're going to slam the stuff on me and walk away. This is going to be very personal and thoughtful and, you know, just very deeply connected to what I want. And it was such a great story and a great example of how, we let other people tell us how to run our business in ways that aren't a match for who we are. A love letter goes both ways, right? So not only does the love letter really call out and make the other person feel welcome, but it also says who you are and how you show up in the world. You know, right now some of the um, terminology that's really popular in marketing doesn't appeal to me, like the term, and hopefully I can say this on your show, badass. Everybody's using this in their marketing right now, and I, I don't like it. It doesn't resonate with me or um, be a rebel. You know, I get that it resonates with some people. That language doesn't resonate with me. And so you really have to look for the people that instantly are magnetically attractive for whatever reason, and it often is the subtle cues, everything from the colors you choose to the words that you select in your marketing copy go a long way to creating that space where people go, mm, yes, that's so yummy. I want some mm. of that. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And I was thinking about, you know, with her tea before the facial, with our restaurant staff, we always just, I and my uh, retail store staff, I always talk to them about the two to three seconds that they make eye contact and smile at a new customer yes. that's just walking in. It does not need to take two hours to make this connection, whether it's a cup of tea or whether it's eye contact and a smile. If you will uh, just pause long enough to let them know that you see them, that you care, um, 
that you're there for them, that you are there for them. That's the main, that's really the main thing. <laughs> yeah. Safe, like you said earlier, the word safe is such a great word. I have a whole training that I do with my staff about what makes, what makes a client feel safe and what makes them feel unsafe because people don't like to keep going back to places where they don't feel safe. And whether that's yeah. your website or maybe they're reading your book and you, you know, I feel that way sometimes um, in that when I'm watching a movie and they throw something in that I wasn't expecting that's offensive to me, I no longer mm-hmm. feel safe in that movie. Now I'm not mm-hmm. sure what's going to come and I'm not expecting it. You know, whereas if it's, you know, if it's something that's, you know, supposed to be like that, well then either I wouldn't watch it to begin with or I would expect it. Um, you know, so I think what you what you say is what you get, what they expect is really important for you to deliver. Yes, it's so true. And I, you know, I had a conversation with um, someone, we all know so many people on Facebook that we've never met in person. And I was talking with a woman that we're in a shared group and we got on the phone together and she's, oh my gosh, she said, you're just like you present yourself on Facebook. So I would add to, you know, I, I, I have a smile in my voice, right? And so I would add to this whole conversation that make sure your online presence and your in-person presence are a match. You have to show up authentically and the same in both places. So what does your photograph say about you? Is it attractive? Is it warm and welcoming? When I got headshots taken a few years ago, I so appreciated the photographer asking me that question. She's like, what do you want people to experience when they see this on your website? I said, I want it to be inviting and warm. And she did a great job of capturing that, and I get that feedback all the time. It's like, you know, I, I have um, clients that are coming this afternoon. I'm like, why me? And that, we liked your smile on your website. You right. know, so making mm-hmm. sure that it's a match inside and out because if there is um, a lack of um, similarity or a lack of integrity or a lack of un- authenticity mm-hmm. in any of those places, people also get that. Just like that example, I love that example of throwing something into a movie that's unexpected and you go, ooh, I don't feel safe anymore. You know, um, or you have that experience where you see someone's picture on Facebook or on a business card or their website and you meet them in person and they're a decade or I met one lady that was at least 20 years older than her photo (laughs) on all of her marketing materials and I didn't recognize her. You know, so again, she wasn't trying to do anything um, wrong or to be other than who she was. She was lovely, but it was jarring to have that experience of, oh, that's not the picture that I saw. So make sure there's a match inside and out for all of your marketing as well. Mm, so important. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Dr. Manette Rodden. And over on her website, you can ask for seven secrets to six your success. The website address is www.minetteriordan.com. That's M-I-N-E-T-T-E-R-I-O-R-D-A-N.com. We're going to come right back and talk about why you must toot your own horn sometimes and how to do it the right way. We'll be right back. Online training, instant access, increase your skills in the minutes you have. Right now at womenspeakers.com, you can take it to the next level with online training including specific instructions, tips, and strategies to increase your knowledge, skill sets, and earning potential as an author, speaker, media guest, manager, women's ministry leader, or event planner. Pick your area of interest and get going today. The training sets at womenspeakers.com include over 24 modules 
each 60 minutes long, focusing on practical, doable, and easy-to-implement next steps in your particular field of interest. You can purchase each set individually or join to gain instant and ongoing access to them all for one low price. Get online training today at womenspeakers.com. That's www.womenspeakers.com. A college diploma can double your income potential, but take three to five years, over $30,000 to acquire. If you have six hours, yep, just six hours, you can increase your earning potential, success rate, and delight in life. Check out the Success Principles Intensive Code Certification Program today at womenspeakers.com. Even just one aha moment can change the direction of your life and future. Look into the Success Principles Intensive Code Certification Program today at womenspeakers.com under the training tab. Welcome back. This is Marnie Fleddick. Our guest today, Dr. Minette Rurden, is sharing with us the five steps to marketing magic. Let's go ahead and talk about um, something that makes a lot of people that are new in business or that are in a ministry that requires marketing, it makes us uncomfortable because we don't like to toot our own horn. We don't like to sound proud. We don't we don't like to be proud, <laughs> but we really don't like to sound proud. And uh, sometimes we just have to give some information out there. And so what do you say to this person who's like, it just makes me so uncomfortable? Yeah, it's a great question, and it does make women in particular very uncomfortable. I don't know about you, Marnie, but I was raised to not toot my own horn that it was selfish and it was conceited and it was not right, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's taken me a long time to get to that place where I'm comfortable tooting my own horn. But if you don't toot it, then why should people believe that you're an expert? So part of it is just learning to stand in your own value, learning to stay really clear about who you are and what the gifts and talents are that you bring to the world. It's so important to be willing to say, I'm really good at what I do. I think the secret is how you do that so that you do learn how to do it in a way that you don't sound conceited. But I'm curious, Marnie, as someone who's so visible and does such a beautiful job of promoting yourself, how did you get to that place where did you start being uncomfortable or have you always been comfortable because you seem so comfortable? Well, I just had, it was kind of interesting. I just had this conversation with somebody this morning because the statement to me was, it's just like all of a sudden I just became an expert, but I'm no expert. (laughs) <laughs> like right, exactly. That's how it feels. It has it has this nasty, um, you know. I have arrived as the superior being. <laughs> the feeling to it. But my response was that what I always tell even even young adult women is that somebody is watching you, somebody is learning from you. Whether it's your child or whether it's your niece or whoever, someone is already paying attention to what you say and what you do. Now, what we're doing is we're taking it to the next level and we're putting you on a platform, and now you're doing it or saying it in front of 20 people, 2,000 people, 200,000 people, 2 million people, however many people you're going to say it in front of. You're saying the same thing you would have said to your niece or to your daughter about how to be successful in life or how to do this particular thing successfully. And so to me, as long as, and we talked about this in the last set, as long as there's congruence, as long as there's integrity between the message that you're giving and who you really are, then there should be no problem at all 
taking it to the next level of how many people are listening. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. It is about integrity, about congruence. Authenticity is such a huge buzzword mm-hmm. in the marketing industry these days, but it's what people want. I think it's why authors like Elizabeth Gilbert and Brene Brown are having such huge success right now because they're so real. Their writing is so real. I love, I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown. Her new book, Rising Strong, is fabulous. And I love her combination of science that shows her expertise and her credibility and her vulnerability, which is what she talks about, but she walks her talk. And she shows us her own vulnerability and her own struggles with shame and with this concept of rising strong, which is if you haven't read the book and you're listening, it's about um, what happens when you fall flat on your face, how to get back up again, how to rise strong Mm -hmm. and overcome um, failure and move forward. And it's that personal touch, that willingness to share your own story, to show your own humanity, and yet also position yourself as the expert that is so impactful for people. You know, I think that in the speaking industry, we see this a lot today where the old model was the experts on stage saying, you know, I know best, do this, do this, do this, and, you know, it'll work for you too, to today where the, you know, the big name speakers, including people like Oprah, are talking about what's really personal. In fact, I would say she had a lot to do with some of those shifts, but I see it in speakers Mm -hmm. and in coaches all over the place, this movement towards this beautiful combination of, yes, I've accomplished a lot in my life, but let me tell you how I failed and what I learned from those failures was just as meaningful and impactful as what I've learned from my successes. I don't know about you, Marnie, but I've been in business 15 years and I've made pretty much every mistake that you can make at one point or another. I didn't start off loving marketing. I didn't start off knowing how to sell. I learned all of that as I went along. And it just takes time and it takes our willingness to put ourselves out there and to say, and I think sometimes it's more challenging to talk about our failures in public than it is about our successes. But I think when we do share from that authentic place of, look, I've been there. I know what you're going through. It adds to the love letter effect that we were talking about before where people go, hmm, yeah, she really does get me. She does know what I've been through. She's been there. She's experienced that. So I would say that if you're concerned about bragging, don't brag. Share your story. Share your excitement, your enthusiasm, your passion, but also share your challenges. And I would say another fun way to increase your visibility is to get other people to brag about you. I think third-party bragging is awesome. It feels so powerful when people tell us we're doing a great job. I was on a coaching call with a client this morning, and she is teaching this mastermind right now, and she had one of the um, people in her mastermind reach out to her and say, I'm so excited, thanks to what you've been teaching us, I decided to go ahead and take the GRE. And this woman that was leading the mastermind didn't know this was a dream or a goal, but all she did was model possibility for opportunity and success in a way that inspired this other person to go, oh, if you can do it and we can have this conversation, then I can see it's possible for me too. And that is another way to just shine your magic wand is just by practicing what you preach. 
what are you teaching other people? Are you walking the talk and showing up as the expert saying, I'm right in there with you and I'm going to learn this step by step. I might be two steps ahead, but I'm just two steps ahead and we're going to get there together. <laughs> I love that. I love that when we do that. I do uh, once, one, every month I do a group coaching called 21 Day Wins. And I always pick something to work on myself every single month. And it's, it's great to have, be right in there, like you say, right in there with them. And, yeah, uh, maybe I have had more experience, more, more experience, like, with the principles of winning uh, over habits or whatever like that. But at the same time, I still have that challenge in my life. I'm still learning. I'm still growing at the same time. Important to stay there. I almost think it's most important to stay there in your own head. I think sometimes you can start listening to what people are saying about you and kind of lose the reality that you have not really arrived, that you really don't know everything. (laughs) I mean, I remember when my first book came out, I really had a struggle with, I mean, I really had a struggle with pride there. I was really, I I look back and I'm embarrassed of some of the things I said or thought and it's like, wow, but but you realize at some point, you know, the more you the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know much, and that's a good place to be. <laughs> so true. That's okay. Yeah. So that's true. Right. So true. You know, yeah. I, I, I love I've too. accomplished a lot and done a lot of things, but I just I don't have ego invested in it anymore. And you know, I don't I don't know what shifted. Maybe it's because I've made so many mistakes as well. But you know, sure. it's like I I I don't let things go to my head because it doesn't feel good. It's, you know, so I appreciate you sharing that personal story of when we do get caught up in what other people are saying. So it's, um, it's a fine line sometimes. It's a, it's a lovely uh, balancing act. Yeah, it really is. When, when I started womenspeakers.com, one of the things that um, we do over there is there's a verse in the Bible that says, let another man praise you and not your own lips. And so mm-hmm. what we do over there is we really rely on second-party endorsements. We have our featured speakers um, get reference letters and have them posted right there on their page so that they don't have to go on and on tooting their own horn. Let's get that horn tooted, but let's have it tooted by the right person, by a second-party or third-party who can say, we've heard her speak, she's amazing, or I know her heart, she's a beautiful soul. Let's let's have those come in from other places so we don't always have to be saying it ourselves, um, even if it's true, because it does just carry more value when someone else says it about you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit then about um, how to collect, use, and grow your business using marketing data. So, Maybe start with a little bit of a definition of what marketing data is and then how people can use it to really make a shift, make a shift forward. You know, it's so funny to be talking about numbers in our business. I am such a creative that numbers can be really overwhelming and not always super fun. But the biggest lesson that I learned in my lifetime as an entrepreneur, both successful and being almost bankrupt, was that you have to pay attention to the numbers. And when it comes to marketing in particular, looking at who's following you, how many people are going to your blog, 
How many people are commenting? How many people are sharing what you're putting on Facebook? It doesn't have to be a complicated statistical analysis unless you really love that stuff and then go for it. The deeper you go into your numbers, I think the more successful you can be and the faster you can grow. But if numbers aren't your thing, you can keep it high level but still pay attention. Make sure you have Google Analytics connected to your website. It's fascinating to go to Google Analytics and see how people are finding you online. If I have a popular blog post, how are people finding it? Is it a Google search? Is it a keyword that I'm using? Are they all coming from Facebook or Pinterest? I was working with a young woman who's a photographer, and she was looking at the numbers on her Etsy store, trying to figure out how people were getting to her page on Etsy. And they were almost all coming from Pinterest. So understanding where your traffic is coming from helps you understand where to spend more of your time and effort. I have a colleague who is an amazing floral designer specializing here in Santa Barbara in local grown flowers and plants. She does the most beautiful wedding arrangements and centerpieces, all using a lot of succulents and just very locally grown plants and flowers. And she uses Instagram so successfully. She has brides find her on Instagram all the time because guess where 20-year-old brides are hanging out? They're hanging out on Instagram looking at all these beautiful pictures of different floral designers trying to find the one that's a match. And so other young brides who resonate with locally grown, not imported from South America, very natural and fresh and organic looking, really resonate with Margaret's style and get she gets booked all the time from Instagram. So knowing where people are coming from. So that's one number that I would encourage people to pay attention to. And then another one that is super important is to understand from a sales perspective, how many marketing conversations do you need to have in order to generate the sales that you want? We cannot completely separate marketing and sales. They're intimately tied together. So, for example, as a coach, one of the ways that I get clients is that I offer free consultations. I do a one-hour strategy session with just about, you know, anybody that's interested in working with me to see if we're a good match. And I, when I started, I had to have a lot of conversations and maybe not make a lot of sales. So, but I knew how many conversations I needed to have to reach my goals. As I get better at having those conversations, as I get clearer about who I can help and how I can help them, I get better at those mm-hmm. conversations. So maybe my um, close rate now is, you know, 50 to 75%. So I don't have to have 100 conversations to get 10 clients. I can have 20 conversations to get 10 clients. How many people do you need to send to your Etsy page to make 10 sales? Is it 10 people? Is it 100 people? Is it 1,000 people? If we're not conscious of what those numbers are, we can spend a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort marketing to everybody instead of really honing in on where we need to be spending time and effort so that we're attracting the right clients and not having to do as much marketing. Does that make sense? It does, and it's really the sales, it's really the marketing piece, let's go with that, that makes it make sense, is that you're not doing this for the sake of writing down numbers. You're doing it for the sake of saying, where is my time best spent? Where is my audience hanging out? What is it that I'm doing that's actually resonating with them, that's actually generating sales? instead of just keeping throwing. And I, I just think so much marketing is just throwing, you know, just, 
like a shotgun approach, just as as many times, just shoot as many times as you can, just hoping something lands somewhere. Whereas when you look at the statistics, when you actually when you actually track, you're able to come through and see, you know, where this is really coming from. Yeah, it's fascinating, and it's really cool on Google Analytics, or I use a plugin for my WordPress site called Jetpack. That's awesome at looking at sites. You can do a map view and see where people in the world are looking at your website. Where are they coming from? It's pretty cool to see that map and see people all over the globe. We are so connected globally these days. Yeah. Where are people yeah. finding you? It's really fascinating. You know, it's um, like lately I've been um, having some really awesome sales conversations with people in Australia. I have a lot of clients in central Canada, you know, it's like, how are they finding me? If I wasn't paying attention to just some of those statistics, I wouldn't know that. And then again, you know, just how great are your conversions? Um, It can be frustrating when you're starting out to see lots of people coming to your website, but nobody's signing up for your newsletter. Why not? What's missing? You know, so numbers are so helpful. And trust me, I'm not a numbers girl, but if you learn to pay attention to the right numbers, it can actually be pretty fun. And if it's not your thing, get some help on this piece. It's easy to find people, even a VA who's great at numbers and statistics can help you just pay attention and track what's happening. Like it's fun to track your newsletter. Have you paid attention lately to how many new subscribers you have on your newsletter or how many you've lost? Um, I heard a great tip, Marnie, recently that I want to share about newsletter numbers in particular from um, a, a coach that I was listening to, and he said that he loves unsubscribes from his newsletter. So many women take it really personally when someone unsubscribes. <laughs> and he, yeah, and it's not personal. It's never personal. And he said he loves it because that's one person gone that's not his client. Right, so um, I've started a practice wherever I get one of those unsubscribed email, I just energetically and spiritually just send them love, say thank you, I wish you well. And so just shifting again that mindset around how we connect with people makes a huge difference. I'd rather have a small list that loves me than a big list that never opens my emails. Oh, absolutely. Or or worse, when they get them, they groan. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. When someone's either outgrown you or uh, moved on or have ruled you out as not going to be able to serve them or their life has changed and they don't have time for it or whatever, it is is just wonderful to let them go, to not, not hang on to them emotionally. Or to feel bad about that. That's that's okay. That's how it's supposed to be. It's kind of like raising children and having them move on. <laughs> it's really okay yeah. to let them move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Marnie's mother visiting today with Dr. Manette Rode, and we're going to come right back and talk about the power of a simple marketing plan and how to get yours started yet today. Talk to you in just a moment. Don't go away. WomenSpeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit WomenSpeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Money troubles got you down? Visit www.godlywealth.com to discover the fastest way to financial peace. 
You'll gain perspective, biblical training, and clear direction to help you move from terrified to triumphant. It's all free and available to you online at www.godlywealth.com. Not only will you learn a balanced, godly perspective about money, but you'll also enjoy scripture set to music, a wealth roster worksheet, and much more, all free and online at www.godlywealth.com. That's www.godlywealth.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we're sharing the hour today with our guest, Dr. Minette Rarden of MinetteRarden.com. And uh, if you head over to her website, she's got a free gift for you over there, Seven Secrets to Six Figure Success. Website address again is MinetteRarden.com, M-I-N-E-T-T-E-R-I-O-R-D-A-N.com. Minette, let's talk about the marketing plan because um, this can really be overwhelming. Like somebody who hasn't ever done one, and they're just like, I don't know, I mean, there's like 70 or 170 different social media outlets, there's email, there's snail mail, there's advertising, there's so many things, I'm overwhelmed, I'm not going to make a plan. <laughs> what do you say? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Without a plan, you will spend all your time spinning and overwhelmed. A plan simplifies the process, makes it effective, impactful, and minimizes the amount of time you have to spend marketing. So if you're new in business and you don't have the number of clients that you want, you're going to spend a lot of your time marketing. You might spend 90% of your time marketing, but as you get busier, you're not going to be able to do that. So having a plan in place makes it easy to get all your marketing 30 minutes a day. And the way that you start, Marnie, is by understanding who your ideal client is. I have a color wheel marketing system that I created for myself and my visual clients. And if you think about the primary colors in the center, it's the who your ideal client is, what the problems are that you solve for them, and then what is your unique brilliance. I think in marketing, again, it's the love letter effect. It's a combination of both who we want to serve and why are we the best ones to serve them. And when we know that, then it's easy to figure out where to spend our time, both in person and online, so that we can market effectively to the right people and stop wasting time, effort, and money trying to market to everybody. And the plan is so simple. Every day, just do one marketing activity. You don't have to do Facebook every single day. Or maybe you do 15 minutes of social media a day and you do a blog post once a week and you attend one networking event once a week. I think we get overwhelmed thinking we have to do it all. And the truth is the more we simplify and spend our time being really consistent in a few places, the faster we'll be able to grow our business. Well, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. If you don't know who your ideal client is, then you're trying to hit too many things all at once and it's just overwhelming and you never, you know, you might connect, you know, randomly every once in a while with somebody, but if you know exactly who you're trying to reach, then that marketing time that you do spend is actually valuable. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Very valuable. And it's targeted, right? It's targeted and it's attractive it's that magic piece that we talked about. It's amazing how when you show up consistently in the right place, people take notice. They say, oh, yeah, she's the expert in that. I keep seeing her over and over again. Or, you know what, 
right now I have this problem and I remember seeing this person who's talking about that all the time on Facebook where I love to hang out. So it's, again, that consistency. I would say if there's any secret to marketing success, it's consistency and persistence. It's understanding that it takes time and you just have to keep showing up again and again and again and show up in a spirit of education and service first. When you educate your clients about how to do business with you, it's so easy for them to say yes. So sharing information that's valuable, give away your best stuff all the time. Give away your best tips, your best insights. It's the best way to use social media is to share your brilliance, share what you're great at, share your passion and what you love to do and how you help people and do it consistently. So um, from a, you know, again, a number statistic perspective, how do you know where to show up? It's really easy to just go Google who spends time on what social media. You just Google social media demographics. And it's pretty cool to see who's hanging out where. If you're in a business-to-business industry, LinkedIn is where you want to be. If you are targeting 45- to 65-year-old women, Facebook is where you want to be. If you're targeting millennials, then you want to be on Instagram. Did you know that school teachers are a huge percentage of the population on Pinterest, but they're only on there on Saturdays because they're too busy during the week? Right? So looking at just some of these few um, tips can really help you understand how to maximize your time. If you don't market to men, then going to a big chamber of commerce meeting that's you know lots of men and not as many of the women you're trying to reach, then you may be wasting your time unless the women are the perfect clients for you. So you might be better off participating in a Bible study or a hiking meetup or a dog walk than going to a traditional um, networking group, depending on who your perfect clients are. So once you understand who they are, then you know where to spend your time. And time is more precious than any other commodity these days, I think. Absolutely. I remember when I realized finally, (laughs) I finally realized that (laughs) sending mailing pieces out to people and hoping that they will go online and find me online was not working. I, if I was going to find them online, I had to catch them while they were already online. <laughs> that was the key. Yes. And then once they were already online, clicking a button to go over to my site was an easy step for them. But clicking right. a postcard or taking a mailing piece, going over to their computer, sitting down, typing in the address, yes, some would do that, but very few compared to if the ad or if the promotion was in the right place at the right time while they were already online way better. And that's really the whole point of watching what's happening and paying attention to where people are coming from. Because where some people are coming from now, there are probably more people who could come from there. If you just yeah. if you just tweaked it a little bit and made either the offer different or, you know, the placement different or something like that, you can do these split tests now that allow you to really identify what's working, what's not working, and that can make a big difference. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I love that you said that marketing is about try, test, try. It is about constantly tweaking, and it is about variety. Marketing moves at the speed of light these days. Twitter is a perfect example of how fast things move. 
And so you got to keep up and create a lot of amazing content. And people often, I, I would say that content marketing is the number one um, way to grow your business online right now. And so people go, well, how do you create content? And I love, my favorite mantra for my clients is create wants, think multiple uses. From one blog post a week, you can create an entire week's worth of social media. You can pull out quotes to share on any social media platform. You can pin any images that you included. You can share the post multiple times on Twitter and on LinkedIn as well. So from one blog post, you can create a whole week's worth of social media. Use something awesome like Hootsuite as a favorite of mine to automate your social media. And you can use that same blog article in your newsletter. So it's create once, think multiple uses. It's not that you're having to come up with tons of new information all the time. And then as part of that, share your own knowledge and expertise, but be happy sharing other people's knowledge and expertise, even your competitors. It's really powerful to be able to share a variety of valuable content. It shows, again, your target clients that you care about them, that you care about solving their problems, and that you don't always have to be the person to solve them. Sometimes someone says something and then you're like, yes, this is it. This is what I'm talking about. So share freely and generously of your own knowledge and other people's knowledge as well. And that will go a long way towards creating that consistency and that visibility that creates the marketing magic that we want. I love that. And I know so many people are worried that they're going to run out of content too. And the reality is that you've got a lot of depth to you. In your area of expertise, that you've got the, the nuggets that, you know, bubble to the surface, and you've got like blog posts that are like 300 or 500 words or whatever, but, but you've got depth to that. You've got way more down underneath that. You know more about this topic than you maybe even realize you do. In order for you to have gotten to the point where you are, where you're making it a business, where you're doing um, presentations on it, where you're actually the expert in that field, you, you've got a lot down there. So don't worry that you're going to run out because even if you have shared everything, people can't remember it. People really can't remember yeah. all that. No, you <laughs> so can share true. again in a different way, and it sounds brand new. So, as long yeah. as you you are confident in your own in your own area of expertise, you'll be fine, and and people will continue to come back to you. I, I have these experts that I go back to and I listen to over and over and over again, and sometimes they tell the same story, but in and around that story, they've got things that I didn't remember that I that are new to me this time. And so you, that's how it's going to be for you too. Well, Manette, this hour has just flown by. Thank you so much. What fantastic information. Thanks so much for having me. You're so easy to talk to. It was delightful to be here today. Oh, well, same ditto back to you. And you guys can learn more about Manette over at her website, which is ManetteRiordan.com, M-I-N-E-T-T-E-R-I-O-R, dan.com and again she does have over there for you a special report seven secrets to six figure success which you definitely want to check out and uh, thank you for being here it's always fun to have you with me live and then for all of you who listen around the net and to the podcast later and in the archives welcome to you just love having you with us you can't have a program without listeners so so excited to have you with and i hope you'll check out we've got new platforms everywhere right now. New platforms at Marnie.com, 
womenspeakers.com and womensevents.com. Go check those out and update all your information. If you have a if you have a listing there or a membership there, update that. And if not, check it out. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.